This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome back to another instalment of the Blues Focus podcast. I'm Tommy, I'm your host for this evening and today I'm joined with Richard and Scott and uh, we'll be discussing on the opening day of the season at Luton, we'll be discussing the up and coming first home game of the season against Huddersfield uh, as well as some possible incoming signings uh, and as well if I can get your thoughts on this first Richard, the latest signing, Christian Bielik, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I mean, I didn't see it coming, personally. Obviously, I know there's rumours that Plaquetta and himself have the same agent, so obviously that's the link there. And, you know, ultimately for Bielik, it's a case of having to step up a level again to try and make his way into the Poland squad for the World Cup, mm. is what I'm hearing. But, um, you know, it's... Um, it's a massive risk because obviously we all know about his injury troubles um, and ultimately, you know, he's one of those players that you can keep him fit. Unbelievable asset to have around your side, mm. but, um, you know, he hasn't had much of that in the last five years since he left us. So, uh, fingers crossed for the lad. Well, same, same question for you then, Scott. I'm actually very happy because I think, I know he's got injuries and once you get injured as a footballer, sometimes it's very difficult to get away from that uh, crisis one after the other. But I think we need an upgrade on Woods. I don't think I like Ryan Woods, but I don't think he's I don't think he's good enough. I think mm. we need an upgrade on him. So I think Bellic coming in, if he can stay fit, he'll give us a better option, especially in uh, defensive midfield cover. Because we know we know what he can do. It's just getting him on the pitch to do it. Mm. Is he does he operate more in that? Defensive midfield role now, the more of a centre back, which is what we saw when he was back with us. I think he done that when he was at Derby, doesn't he? And he was doing it a couple of uh, a couple of games he's been playing there. And I think that's his best position because he's mobile. He can move about. He can he can pass a ball. And I think he's just a good football in general. But I'm excited he's come in. But like that, just said in yourself, I think it's just to stay injury free. I think that will always be in the back of his mind. You just hope it's not in the back of his mind. He's going for a tackle or two because he's thinking I don't like injured again. But I think it's a type of play we need. I'm just hoping making can stay injury free because I think it could be an asset to us. Mm. Do you agree with that, Rich? 
Yeah, one hundred percent, mate. Um, you know, like I say, it, it's one of those things. He's a brilliant player, um, and he's very good for this level. Um, but like I say, it's it's staying on the pitch. You know, ultimately, if we can have him for at least half of the season fully fit, then I think we'll be in a decent position with him. Mm. Um, and yes, he is one hundred percent an upgrade on what we've got in midfield. Obviously, when we brought him in the first time round on loan, his position was a holding midfielder. Um, obviously, he got moved into centre-back, largely because we had injuries at centre-back, mm-hmm. but also because of the fact of his stature as well. He's six foot four, and, you know, and we all remember that performance against uh, Wolverhampton away, where yeah. he's put his body on the line. Yeah. So, you know, um, like I say, his, his best position is definitely that holding midfield role, and I just really hope he can stay injury-free this season. In your ideal mid three, uh, midfield, sorry, um, who would you play him with in that midfield? Um, so I'd love to have him sit in that midfield and I'll put Bakuna and Jordan James in front of them to go and attack other teams. Mm. To kind of finally give us that um kind of give us that midfield where we can actually make other teams think about what we're gonna do rather than with us worrying about them. Mm. No, I completely agree with that. Uh, same question to you then, Scott. Who would you who would you like in that midfield with Bielik? I think we had just said uh, Bakuna and Jordan as a good pairing. Jordan's still in the game. He's still young. Mm. Bakuna, to me, I mean, I knew Bakuna when he played Rangers as well, so I, I see what he could do, but his decision-making lets him down a lot of times. He's very talented, Bakuna, technically very good, but it's his decision-making sometimes like that play the ball through and he shoots and other times you're like take a shot and then he plays it through so he's a, his decision making lets him down but I like him but yeah. I think it'll go with depends who we're playing I think if I'm playing away from home he might sit me too if I'm playing at St Andrews against somebody who can probably get points for him he might only sit me one so it depends who we're playing as well but I would go with Jordan and I'd go with Bakuna as a two mm. Interesting you bring that up actually about Bakuna and his decision making uh, sort of that lack of like ability to make a decision um, he, he was great against Luton the opening day, but there were times in that game where he was sort of trying to go forward, but then he would take a player on, but then go back and then sort of try and take him on again. So it's interesting you point that out. I definitely noticed that. Um, sticking with you, Scott, what were your opinions on the first game against Luton? Well, if I've, only, I've not seen all, I've seen the highlights. I was trying to watch it, but because I've been working and stuff and I'm moving house on Friday, so oh, everything's really? up and down, yeah. So I've got boxes everywhere. That's where I'm sitting in the Satyrus tonight. <laughs> my wife's up, my wife's up the stairs. I think the first half we were okay. Luton, Luton are a good side. They don't finish, they finished six last season, so they're a decent side. They've got a few good players in there. They've signed a few players as well, so they're a decent side. I thought we, we'd done okay in the first half, what I've seen. I thought the second half we were better. We were getting a couple of chances. We made a, a lot of set pieces. Mark Roberts was going to end a two, three, four cross. He was just very unlucky. Mm. He didn't connect with them properly. But I thought we gave a good account of ourselves. And what I seen was we stuck in at the end and we were really happy we got the point. And everybody's just saying it's only a point. But it was a point we probably wouldn't have got there yeah. a couple of months ago because we weren't really playing that well. And I think you've seen the difference. The players were fighting for each other. And the back three I was really happy with, trusty. Uh, yeah. Roberts and Anderson I thought they played really well and John Woody and goals just he's buys of experience and he controls the defence he just shoots at them and balls at them and I like him and goals I think he'll be really good signing for this season but I was happy with performance and like John used to say in his match uh, 
post-match reaction thing you just said, well, some of them are can build on. Mm. Every, you take every game as it's time. What's been really annoying me, as I don't know if it's annoying you too as well, I'm sorry if I'm speaking quite fast, uh, everybody's everybody's talking about Birmingham, Birmingham City as relegation candidates. Right. When did that happen? When did that happen in the media? I was listening to Talk Sport on Saturday coming home for working Birmingham City relegation candidates. I was like, oh, that's, that's enough. I know we were, the, we were poor last season, but we're no relegation candidates in my age. We'll be, maybe be fighting down there, but mm. I don't think we're the worst side in the, in the league. No, I agree. I don't think we are the worst side in the league, but I can understand where they would come from as relegation candidates because we've been down in that bottom half for like the last six seasons, haven't we? So I can understand (laughs) why. Yeah, (laughs) I think it is harsh a bit though because we do stay up. It's not like we've been down in that time and come back up and then we're still in that position. We have survived for those seven, six seasons. Um, It's an interesting point you make, yeah. I mean, are we relegation candidates or are we just the sort of same old Blues that sort of is like a lower mid-table sort of team. It's, it's what we're going to have to find out in these up-and-coming games. Um, we'll come to you then, Rich. What were your thoughts um, on some of the new new players, some of the debutants like Trusty and um, John Ruddy as well? What were your thoughts on those? Yeah, so um, obviously, you know, the, the game was one of those where I kind of looked at it as if we go away to Luton and we get a strong draw, It'll be something to build on. And mm. um, really just did exactly what we expected him to. I know there was a lot of criticism for him in pre-season yeah. when he made that single mistake. And, you know, <laughs> it, it's one of those things where you, yeah, at the moment we kind of have a thing with our fan base where it's one mistake and you're the worst player to ever exist. <laughs> um, and it's just, it's frustrating for myself because at the end of the day, we all know how good of a good goalkeeper he is. Um, and he started to show that again against Luton. So very strong performance from him. Um, Trusty grew into the game very well. Obviously, he did look nervy to begin with. Um, but you can kind of expect that because it's a different atmosphere for him in terms of obviously where he's played before. All his games have been over in America where it's not really ever kind of a hostile atmosphere over there. And it's Definitely not one of them where you've got players in your face constantly. So, you know, it's uh, it's, it's promising for him. Um, ultimately, you know, the major thing for me was us keeping a clean sheet. Um, you know, I always have a thing where I say, away from home, I'll take a draw and then we go for wins at home. You know, I will always take a draw away from home and... I was uh, I was quite happy to to come away with it against Luton because I was very very worried based on their summer acquisitions compared to ours. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, it was the best sort of result we could have hoped for against a side we're in the playoffs. Like both of you touched on there. Um, should we have perhaps even nicked the win? Perhaps maybe Richard. Yeah, potentially. I mean, obviously, Roberts had a couple of chances that. Um, Potentially could have put away. Um, Bakuna on the edge of the area once or twice and just scuffed his shot at the vital moment. Um, but again, I think I think a draw was fair. Mm. Um, and you know, I don't think either team could really make a case for saying we dominated that or we should have won that. Yeah. I think both teams have to be happy with that point. Yeah, it was a good game to watch, it was very entertaining. Uh we'll come to you, Scott, and ask you this. Um both Deeney and Hogan on the weekend, 
weren't exactly setting the championship alight, was it? So, like, you know, are they the strikers we need for the season? What's the best options we've got at the moment? I don't think they've got like, a lot of great options to bonus with. You mean Duke, Dreydini, Hogan, you know, Cosgrove, they're yeah. all very similar. They don't really break the lines. They don't really drag centre-halves away. They just kind of stand still and wait till the ball comes to them. I think Jot Troy's Troy's past his best, isn't he? He's, hmm. he's, he's hurt his peak a while back and he's just, he'll give you 100%, but is it enough? Hmm. Hogan's probably the same. Cosgrove, I was never a fan of Cosgrove and Duke. I think we can get better on that as well, even though Duke does put himself about. I just think we need a fresh face up front. I don't know who it'll be. Hmm. I don't know if they've got money to spend, but I think we need somebody with a bit more pace. Some Somebody probably different than what we've got. Yeah, because with nobody that drags the drag centre halves away, with nobody that runs the channels, it's everyone's quite lethargic. Mm. You know that way? Perhaps, like what? Suppose this sort of question to you: um, Would a two be the best system, or a three, or a lone striker? How would how would we sort of be more of a threat going forward? I don't know. They go for a lone striker, no. Preston got a boy coming at Chuffy Villa last season who looked very good and he's only a young lad with a lot of pace he put wing on another 20 wins I know City's got a few players United's got a few players you could probably bring in if that's the route we have to go down even Liverpool have got one or two mm. but I don't know if they've got money to purchase up or that's a that's a issue at the moment but I think I don't even know if I would go with a two because it would have to be one would it have to be totally different further because that two and Saturday were very similar and it, it at times, you could throw a blanket over the both of them. They're that close together, do you know that way? So, I think we need somebody totally out of the box, what we've got. And mm. I think I think the manager will be looking for that. But it's, it's if he can bring it in. Obviously, he's got contacts all about football because John Eustace has played at a high level. He knows quite a lot of people. So, hopefully, he can bring somebody in, even on loan. Just a new phrase to freshen up as well. Mm. Yeah, it's not a partnership like Duke and Adams were, was it? It wasn't the one that was... You know, she, she she moved about, didn't he? She could run the channel. She could come back. She had ability, but he also had a lot of pace and a lot of energy, and he done a lot of things himself. We've mm. not got that. No, we haven't. It's the difficulty in an aging front line, and I just argue like you like you said, there's just too many similar players in the squad. Um, do you agree with that, Rich? What do you think? What how do we improve that front line? Yeah, I mean, I think it, it comes back to a conversation myself and you had a couple of weeks ago. Um, you know, to, to make this work, you have to have dynamic forwards that can get about the pitch really well. And unfortunately, Troy isn't that guy. Um, you know, he's, he's one of them. He'll back into defenders, he'll bully him and everything else. But at the end of the day, that's not what we need at the moment. Um, Hogan... As much as I, I would say he comes in for criticism about his work rate, but I'd say he works a lot harder than people think. However, he's still not that kind of striker. And it almost feels half-hearted when he's closing someone down. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of strikers that are about that are kind of just one of them where it may not be as skillful as Troy and Hogan when they get on the ball. However, the more kind of dynamic and get about the pitch better and, you know, uh, a full-blooded in terms of trying to close down the defence. And that's what we need, ultimately, because a lot of um, 
a lot of our issues this season will come from the fact that we don't close down defenders quick enough. Um, as you'll have seen with the looting game, every attack that they built up was down to us not closing down that defence quick enough yep. and then being able to build up an attack from their defence. Mm. As you say, the system only works if you do it the right way and that has to be pressing from the front. And I'm yeah. just not sure Hogan and Danny are the people to do it. And we, we definitely know Jeep can't get around like that anymore. So, you know, um, we definitely, definitely need something new up front. Mm. Here's a question for you. Uh, we'll, we'll stick, we'll, we'll, I'll ask this to you first, Rich, and then we'll come to you, Scott. Uh, by some miracle, and this could be hypothetical, uh, if we were to get Che Adams back tomorrow, who would you play him with? From, from the strikes we have right now? Um, I mean, it's a, it's a difficult one, really, because it worked so well with Duke because of, obviously, you, you could, between those two, you kind of had a period of games throughout that season where they target Che or they target Duke, but they couldn't target both of them. Mm. So then they were both getting their goals during that season. Yeah, yeah. Um, could Duke do that again? I don't I don't think so, personally. Um, he, he definitely looks a lot more beaten down than he was a couple of years ago. Mm. Um, I'm not sure how, uh, Deeney could do it either. But then you have that position where it's like, because Chase so much better on the ball, then could we potentially pay him with Hogan? And then Hogan could be that 20-goal-a-season striker with everything mm. being set up for him by Adams. I'm not sure. Um, it's it's really difficult to kind of work out what would work well. Yeah, you're in the uh, same boat there, Scott. It's a difficult one, but I would probably pick Troy just for the fact I'm desperate for him to succeed. Mm. Just okay. I like him to score goals just because he's always wanted to play for us and score the goals. I'm just and I think Richie, he's got the experience. Like Richard said, they can hold the ball up and bring others into play at times in the way she she's movement. That could possibly work, so I'll go with Troy. Just, mm. just because I'm desperate for him to score a few goals. Yeah. <laughs> just before he eventually packs things. I think he wants to, but I mm. think he, I think his brain's still fitter than his legs, do you know that way? Yeah, completely. It is a difficult situation those Blues fans are in because he needs to start pulling his weight a little bit because yeah. for the player that we've signed, we expect him to at least get 10. You know, yeah. Scott Hogan's our top goal scorer last season. But it's kind of it's kind of a shame that neither of you thought that Duke was going to be good enough anymore for that role. <laughs> but uh, it's just unfortunately, maybe he's just the wrong side of 30 now. Um, sticking with Duke, uh, there's been recently a couple of talking points about the wage bills um, from some of the players. Uh, I've got a list here of some of the players that who are uh, extortionists or high earnings. Extortion is probably the wrong word. Uh, Neil Efridge. Harley Dean, Lucas Djukovic and George Friend, they could all depart this uh, summer. Uh, I think they're all on 75 grand a week. I think that's what it is. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be quoted on that. Um, but, of course, a lot of those players are still very first-team players. Uh, we'll come to you, Scott, with this first. If we were to lose all, all of those players, uh, all Etheridge, Dean, Duke and Friend, you know, how do we look for this season for that? taken out of the team. I think sometimes you have to look at the positive if the forum do go. Yeah, it could be a loss 
for us in some ways, but getting that wage bill down, it might be able to let the manager bring players in that being on loan, maybe use some younger boys for the academy or a bit of both, because we kind of keep sticking the same players who are tried and tested, but nothing's happening at the club, we're still standing still, so I think we do need a change, and sometimes you just have to get rid of the players mm. at the high earners, because if we're going to be sitting in the stands and not playing anyway, what's the point in being there? But the main, the main, main problem will be is who's going to take them. Yeah. Because if they're earning that money here, they might not, they might not get it elsewhere. And if they're in the contract, they might, they might just dig their heels in and say, "I'm staying here because I'm earning this amount of money. I'm not going to get that A, B, or C. So I'll, I'll stick here until I get a game or until yeah. my contract runs down." So it's very difficult at times. Yeah, we've got a couple of options that we could do. We could either sell them now. They could even run their contract down, some of them. I don't know who's got how much left on their contract, so I don't know whether George Friend's got a couple of months left on his or whatever. Or we play them and in the hope that we suddenly become better so we can have more money and, you know, well, the main aim would be to get back into the Premier League so we could just, yeah. we could have all those debts sort of paid off. Uh, coming to you, Rich, same sort of question, but loan players and those sort of types of players, is that promising? No, but I mean, ultimately, you don't want to be rebuilding every season. Um, however, it, it's still, it, it's one of those things where, you know, if it's a case of taking loan players for the season to get rid of all the high wages, then it may be a necessary evil. Um, you know, ultimately, it's a case of, can we bring players in with the budget that we've got at the moment if these guys stay? I'm not sure. Um, obviously, there's rumours about potentially Jason Knight coming, which I can't understand where they've come from because yeah. Derby will be asking for a fee and I can't imagine it'll be cheap because he's a young player and he's uh, very promising. So it's, it's one of those situations where you ask yourself, do, do we take the loss for now and potentially leave ourselves short? Or do we hold on to players who potentially don't really have much to offer us? Um, no, ultimately, it, it looked as, as if there was never a way back for, for Harley Dean after last season. Um, all of a sudden, he's, he's back around it again and... You know, singing his name in pre-season games and everything. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the thing is, he's one of those players for me. He's um, he kind of he frustrated me from day one from his comments about Brentford. I, I found them really disrespectful myself. And mm. um, to turn around and talk about going to a club in the same division as the club you've just left about us being 10 times bigger. And now I know that would have got a certain portion of fans on side. And, yeah. You know, he probably didn't mean it to be offensive towards Brentford. But ultimately, what you've done there is burn your bridges at your old club and essentially set your new club up for failure. Yeah. So, you know, he's, um, he was uh, one of those that I took some time to warm to in the first place anyway. And the way he's behaved with each manager that's gone by, I've just, I don't really have much time for the bloke, unfortunately. Hmm. Interesting. That is, that's something I've not really taken into account with him before. Um, I, I suppose, did you ever warn to him with certain seasons? Um, so, towards the end of his first season, obviously, that partnership with, with him and Morrison, I did. I enjoyed the way they worked together. 
because mm. it was a case of Morrison was that solid player and Harley Dean could step out and do what he did uh, while he was at Brentford. Um, but like I say, as we started to go through manager after manager, um, it just, it always seemed like he was part of the problem. And he, it, it may may not be that case because, you know, from the outside looking in, you can't really tell. Mm-hmm. But it always seemed to be he was a major influence in what was going on. And like I said to one of my friends before, what always comes before a manager's downfall, a Harley Dean meltdown. <laughs> wow. What do you think to that, Scott? He's probably got a, he's probably a bit of truth in that. Uh, he's been okay. He's not really set the hair on fire for me, but he's been okay. I think that's right. He has some good games. He's had games where he's been okay, but you remember him more for his off the field antics, what he says, what he does, and you do if we're on the field. And even at Brent, I think it was the same at Brentford, was it not? He was a bit of a mouthpiece as well. So I think he's just one of these guys, he's, he's times at the club's been. He's been and done. Yeah. I think he does have to move on. And if he, can, if he can get a couple of players out the door and they like John used to bring a couple of players in, that would suit me fine. Yeah, I suppose we have been a bit too loyal to some players like Duke and those other players. Um, you touched on it a bit, Richard, about Jason Knight bringing him in. We've also been linked to Hannibal. I'm not going to even try and pronounce his last name because I can't work out if the J is silent or whatever. Or, no, I'll just leave it. So Hannibal from Manchester United and Jason Knight from Derby. Uh, we'll come to you, Scott, with Hannibal first. Do you know much about him? Can you, what, what do you expect from him? I think Port United won. They not come on and won in Champions League games, if I remember rightly. Mm. Going you know, out, he come on. One of the games he come on. I don't know a lot about him. He's probably got. He's probably got some talent on it. You're not in my eighties academy. If you're a bad player, you don't really go through the academy being a poor player. So, mm. I think he could come in and do something for us. But like Chong done, he came in, done really well at the start, and then kind of faded. I know he got injured, mm. but kind of faded. Uh, I don't know. I think is he worth a gamble? He probably is. Because all that is a fresh face, but I prefer bringing somebody like Jason Knight in. Yeah. He's played in the championship, he's an established, he was getting to be an established player for Derby. He's also played violin, so a bit more experience under his belt. So I think he would suit us better. Hmm. Would he um would he come straight into the first team, Jason Knight? I would think so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know much about him to be quite honest. I have heard of his name before, but I can't remember if he was playing in that derby game, that crazy two. Well you know it. Linked to a German side. And Darby so. did say they wanted a good few million or something for him. So, like Richard mm. said, I don't know where the money's coming from. Maybe that's the reason they get rid of these high earners. I don't know. Yeah, all the opposites probably happening for them. Maybe maybe they just can't afford to keep them. So, yeah. they might just go on the cheap somehow. It's what we've had to do with other players before, like Munch yeah. and Redmond and all those players. Um, we'll come back to you, Rich, then. Uh, you touched a little bit on Jason Knight. Do you know much about yeah. Hannibal? Um, so all all I really know about him is he's very highly rated over at Man United. Um, you know, I've heard his name banded around for a couple of years now, and you know, it's only really been last season that he kind of had a bit of a breakthrough with them. Um, I believe he's he's starting for Tunisia these days. Um, I think originally he was on the French. Nationality, but now he's playing for Tunisia. Mm. Um, he's, he's he's very much an unknown quantity. Obviously, he's done well for their under twenty three side, but you know, you kind of look into it and saying, is that 
is that what we need at the moment? Can we afford another risk? Because, you know, you touched on the fact that we're relegation candidates to the media and everything else. And quite frankly, we have to have things go well for us this season to make yeah. sure that we're not. Um, so I'm all about giving young players a chance. But if it's between giving a young player a chance from another club or bringing in someone with more experience and giving our own new players a chance, I'd much rather give it to our own. Interesting, yeah. Because it's good to invest in the youth, but yeah. uh, the next point we've got here is that there's seven games we've got to play in August. One of them is a cup game, but I mean, that's a lot of games to play just in one month. So, I mean, if we're going to be relying on youth players or just on first team players, like the, 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 there's going to be tired legs in that team already after the first couple of games in the season. So, uh, what do you think to that, Rich? I mean, like, can we put up with that? How much do you, well, we've got seven games. So I don't know how many points that is in total. It's about 20. God, my terrible maths is coming in here now. Well, 21 points. Because of the cup game. 18, that's it. Yes, I'm right. Yes, you're right. Uh, so throughout those throughout those available 18 points, how many do you think we can win from that? Um, I mean, having looked at the pictures, I, I was kind of targeting Rotherham away and Wigan. Um, outside of those, it's very much a lottery. Um, some very, very tough pictures coming up. Um, we cut Norwich twice in a month. Um, you know, I'd like to think we can get at least at least seven or eight. It put mm-hmm. us in a decent position. Um, however, um, I'm thinking maybe we're probably looking at six points. Right. Um, okay. Unfortunately, and you know we're not the only team that's having to deal with as many games this month. True. Um, however, I feel like. Other teams may be more well-stocked to deal with it just because our numbers are very low. And like I say, half half of the first team at the moment are youth players. Mm. So how are they going to cope with it? And, you know, it's a it's a, it's a a very difficult position to, to be in. And it's also yeah. one of those where you have, kind of have to say to yourself, we don't want to bring in numbers just for the sake of bringing in numbers. Yeah, because we could possibly bring up another situation like that wage bill again. Uh, we'll come to you, Scott, then. I've just brought up the teams who were playing. So we've got Huddersfield, which is the game we've got next on Friday. We've then, we're then travelling away to Norwich in the Cup, the League Cup. We've then got Cardiff away, Watford and Wigan at home, Rotherham away and uh, Norwich at home. It, does that make you feel a bit more optimistic? I think we built at home fixtures, we just have to think to take care of themselves. When you're playing at home, no matter where you're sitting in the league, you always fancy a result because you're at home. Mm. I know St Andrews is a bit different at the moment because you're not getting the full crowd in because of the way the, the ground is at the moment. But mm. you should always fancy yourself at home no matter how you're playing. The young kids, for me, don't bother when they take them into the squad because young kids play without fear a lot of times. They don't really get into a situation where they're scared to make mistakes because... They know they're going to, and the fans don't go on their back as quickly as maybe the experienced players. So young players will be fine. Mm. But I just think we take it game as a game at a time. I think that's what the manager doing. That's what the squad were doing. I'm actually quite optimistic. I think we maybe get nine points. Mm. Maybe that's my, maybe that's my heart on my head. But I think we'll, I think we'll be okay. I think we'll I think we'll actually do okay. The cup game, it doesn't really bother me. 
I'm yeah. a, I, I like cup competitions, but I'd rather win in the win, get the league points first yeah. to make sure we get the points in the league. So I'm looking forward to the games, but like I say Huddersfield, Huddersfield, I was down at Huddersfield game last season where Huddersfield looked really good last season, I have to say, but they've lost a couple of players. They've lost, they lost Toffolo and mm. O'Brien didn't eat Forest, never to the better players. So hopefully I've not really replaced them. So we'll mm. see what turns up. But Huddersfield are a decent, a decent outfit. But I think we just take it a game at a time and see how we, how we do. So I'm looking forward to the games, I have to say. Yeah, I mean, it does look exciting. I mean, like, it's great for us as fans because we've got loads of games on in one month. Um, we'll, come, we'll stick with you, Scott, for this final question. We've got seven minutes left on the Zoom call because, again, we still don't have a Zoom license, amazingly. <laughs> uh, so Friday night against Huddersfield, first home game of the season. What do you think it's going to be like? I think it'll be tense. I think it'll be a tough game because Huddersfield, like I said earlier, I'm not a bad side, but hopefully we can keep it tight at the back and maybe snatch a goal. Um, last season, we done okay against them. They had a bit more quality, didn't they, up front? I remember rightly, they scored two goals quite... Mm. Oh, I, can't remember. I, mean, I think it was in the second half of the first, I can't remember. I, it was that long ago now. Because uh, I don't come out many games, I'm just thinking to myself, but I remember we, we weren't the great. I think that was Jordan James, one of his first games he played. He like, came on, didn't he? So mm, I think been, yeah. I think we'll be okay. I think after the result against Luton, I think the players will be fine. Right? We've got a clean sheet, so we'll be happy with that. The, the new guys will be looking forward to getting out at St Andrews. Be, I think the crowd will be up for it because the first home game of the season, you're always up for that. and it's on, yeah. TV, it's on TV as well. So, no, I think we'll be okay. I fancy it's to sneak it. Sneak a win? Yeah. All right, okay. So we've got a win <laughs> coming from Scott. <laughs> Rich. Have to be positive. Have to be positive. It's very true. You've got to have some positive <laughs> Rich, give us your uh, uh, equally as optimistic opinion. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm, I'm just, I'm really not sure what to expect. Obviously, you know, we um, we would have seen Huddersfield on on TV last week, kicking off the season. Um, yeah, I mean, they didn't really look great, did they? But it was nothing you know, special, was it? Yeah, but then they were facing one of the teams to come down. So, you know, it's how much do you read into that? Um, I think I think it's an interesting um, kind of subplot that our first team coach has now went over to them just before mm. we played them. Literally um, just before we played them, yeah. Yeah, I mean, whoever sanctioned that one. <laughs> if we lose on Friday, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be war. Um, but yeah, no, it's um, it's it's an interesting one. Um, I'd always like to say that at home, we've always got a chance. Um, I think I think we'll have to start fast against them. Um, they, they look like one of those sides. If you let them build into the game, then you'll be in trouble. Obviously, every time we've ever played them, they've usually had about sixty percent possession against yeah. them. They're clearly a team that likes to keep the ball. Um, I'm I'm going to go with a one 0 win. One 0 Um, I'm going to go with a one 0 win, and I'm going to go that it's either going to be at the very start or very end. So either we're going to have to hang on for eight to six minutes, or we're going to yeah. score in the ninety first. Yeah. One or the other. I'll I'll take the second option. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going for a one 0 win from Richard. Scott, is it something similar perhaps, or maybe a two one, maybe? Two one it'll be. Two one, yeah. 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 I, I think if we are gonna win, I th- I would go for something like two one because 
I don't know. I can't see us not conceding against a team like that. No, not early, not this early in the season. But there again, we held out for a draw against Luton, and maybe they've um, not had the best start in terms of losing at home to Burnley. Their fans were definitely not happy with this. They were was it, were they booed off at half time or something by a couple of fans? I, I football, didn't watch the football game. fans are fickle. No matter who you support, football fans are fickle. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, we got to hope. I think because. You know that first game was positive. So against another form against another team who finished in the playoffs last season, I think it would be. I think I think we should at least fancy our chances of getting a possible chance of winning because uh, we played well on the, against Lewis the other day. Uh, so that kind of wraps it up, really. I don't know whether anything else we've missed, but uh, if we have, be sure to put them down in the comments below, and we'll uh, we'll try and pick it up on the next podcast. We are trying to keep this as frequent as possible, uh, so that's why they're a little bit shorter, a little bit more uh, condensed, with more stuff we're talking about. So it's, it's more regular in that way, so we can keep you up to date. Uh, but I'm very happy to have uh, been joined by Scott and Richard this evening. They've been very good guests. Um, Scott, this is actually it's both your first times here on the podcast. This is a, is a, a new is, one yeah. for me, yeah. <laughs> yeah, first yeah. time one. I'm really enjoying it. Thank you for asking me coming on. I appreciate that. No worries. It's been very good. Thank you too, Richard. It's been very good. Um, we're going to sign this one off. Uh, I can't remember what episode number this is. Uh, it's, I think it's my second one of hosting. I'm not used to hosting, so uh, please go easy on me in the comment section, or I don't 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 abuse me for it. Um, but yeah, of course. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, we'll be back as soon as we, uh, as soon as the next one comes out, really. Uh, so be sure to subscribe to the Blues Focus YouTube channel. Uh, the vlog for the I'll be posting a vlog for the Huddersfield game when it's uh, on the Friday and it's a Saturday. Uh, of course, as well, follow us on iTunes and uh, make sure to rate this podcast as well on Spotify. And uh, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. Keep right on. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNugget share box ready to go, your mates are already booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. 